Hi, good morning. Good afternoon. It is 1.12 in podcast time here in the studio. Welcome to the podcast edition of the show. When I wake up in the morning, Eric Chase and the fam. No fam today. And the sunlight hurts. Alex is swamped with stuff. We'll uh, we'll track down Janet amid tomorrow. I should uh, remind you of a couple of things. I always say that this is the podcast edition of the show. The show is on the air every single day with music. Uh, it's like small bites of a lot of the things that we do here on the podcast. We take the small bites on the air and make them real big on the podcast, and then we flip it for on the air. Uh, every weekday from 3 to 7 on the new Q105 where we do at least 15 songs in a row 12 times a day. That's a lot. In all my radio career, we've never said or done anything like that. Usually it's like, today's finest hits. The best songs for at work. None of that. Um, at least 15 songs in a row 12 times a day on the new Q105 3 to 7 every day. You can text in 419-240-1055. Also on the weekends... Uh, 11 to 2 on Saturday, and then 12 to 6 on Sunday. I'm glad you're here today for the podcast, which again is always song and commercial free. One more reminder before we dive into a bunch of things, and we're going to go back to what I was concerned about and my reticence on Friday. I did not get a story over the weekend that filled me with confidence for my fear. Um, First, if if you're someone that's close to me, Uh, part of an organization, a nonprofit, a a small effort, uh, a small Facebook page, as long as you're not some big mega business where you could be paying someone to do this, if I can help you out with your social media, by all means, let me help you out. There are lots of great places that can help you on a large scale do your social media, but sometimes you don't need all that much. You just need some of the tips and tricks that I can pass along to you so that you can run some successful social media. You don't need to have 58,000 followers or have something viral once a month. You just need to get your word out and, and cut through the algorithms that dictate our lives. If I can help you out with that, by all means, and I, and I throw out there, if you're a small place, if, you're, if we're close in some way, um, if you're an effort that is close to me, um, you get that insight for free because it, it's just out there and I know I should, should open a business and do something like that. But no, 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 no. Just another one of the ways that I want to give back if I can. You've probably seen the story by now. Uh, it was Chevy's got dinged uh, for having social distance issues. They had about, uh, what, 100 people or so. There were agents from whatever it may be, the health department, eyes and ears who can levy some fines at you. And I have, I specifically asked someone today, I said, can you tell me specific stories? Because she alluded to things I've heard, maybe you've heard. Um, we were supposed to be live there for opening day last year, Floyd and I. And uh, Floyd had some reluctance. But I, I am looking now for specific stories, if you know what I'm alluding to. So when I'm asked, what have you heard? I can say this. Um, Because I've only been in there once before, a couple of opening days ago. I think they were just barely open then. Um, But they had about 100 people, and and, uh, I guess that's way over capacity, and the people weren't wearing masks, and I get it. When you're eating and drinking, no masks, totally cool. 
But uh, they were not social distanced. They were not socially distanced. Um, hard to do in a place small like that. I guess 100 people might fill that place. But I'm guessing that nobody was taking any kinds of COVID precautions in that instance. And probably other places downtown or at other bars in the region as well. Um, another thing that had me a little concerned. And again, I'm not surprised in the least bit. Whoever was working the door wasn't counting people for capacity or encouraging people to follow, whether you want to call them rules or recommendations, whatever fits better in your world. Yeah, nobody was policing that at the front door. And again, I'm not surprised, but this leads directly into my sincere concern for how opening day is going to be as safe as it possibly can be. And now I'm just... I'm I'm praying over the dogs and I've got an Andre update that we have an we have a very out of the ordinary 82 degree sunny day so that nobody's got to worry about overcrowding bars bars don't have to worry about counting people for capacity we don't have to worry about fines we can all just dorify opening day okay and again I'm not super concerned about getting sick I will just be super irritated that uh, uh, I will be like when this all first started a year a year ago. I am going to be social distance, man. You at Swan Creek, you are not six feet away from that person. Here's a $50 fine. Um, I don't want to be a, a one-man. I could see myself being a one-man mask brigade and social distance enforcement um, campaign as well for opening day. And I don't want to do that. Because I'd rather just stay away. I did ask a friend, hey, can you uh, just have me on FaceTime the whole day? I'll stay at home or maybe I've got to be on the air. But you can FaceTime me when you go bar to bar or parking lot to parking lot. And she's like, not going to do that. Thanks, Juliana. Um, Andre, strange as shit, man. I don't get it. As quickly as these tremors, trembling, shaking, and shivering hit him Wednesday night and lasted all through Thursday where I was on the brink of taking him to MedVet Thursday, early Thursday evening, they went away. I, you might have heard Friday morning, things were okay when I woke up. Um, typical morning when I got home from getting coffee, he was barking. And through, the, through later on in the day, he was back to his normal self and all weekend long, yap, 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 feed me, it's 4.30, I've got to eat, blah, blah, blah. Very strange. I can't figure out what it was. Uh, the old Eric without Cymbalta would be like, whatever happened is going to come back. I need to go to to advanced veterinary doctors to have every kind of test and exam to figure this out because it happened once and it's going to happen. That was the anxiety that nobody ever diagnosed. But we're good. We're good. Thank you sincerely. You know that there's not much I am like, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. Thank God this. Thank God that. But when it comes to the dogs, not a day goes by where I go, thank you so much that these two dudes have aged in healthy and downright youthful ways. I am not ignorant, nor do I overlook or take for granted the fact that the dogs are in great shape for their respective ages of Diddy 11, Andre 8. Um, next up, we this is these are like some news things we've got to hit. Um DowntownToledo.org uh, shared out that we have three local chefs who are nominated for Bon Appetit Magazine's Favorite Chef Competition. If you're familiar with, they're all downtown, if you're familiar with uh, any of the chefs in our area, 
these will be no surprise. Uh, his wife, I don't know him personally, his wife told me I need to sell my icicles, but I'm guessing the market is oversaturated now with people who have icicles. Uh, Chef Aaron Lawson from Fallon Fodder. Next up is someone whose name I got familiar with about a year or so ago. Um, I forget exactly why, but I know they're a black business. Um, but and I, I hope I pronounce this correctly. Keitha West. Um, K-E-I-T-H-A. Hotbox Bistro. They're also like a small uh, spot downtown. And of course, uh, former building mate of mine, uh, Musa Saluk, who opened uh, Souk successfully, Mediterranean Kitchen and Bar, had La Scola before that. Now he's rocking one of the best places in downtown Toledo. I'm not saying that because he's my friend and lived in my building, but uh, Musa knows how to open a great restaurant. So you can vote for those three, downtowntoledo.org. I gotta take a sip of something. When I gotta sit here and talk by myself. Next up, uh, a name over the weekend I have not heard much of in, turns out, 15 months. So I've told you for a while now, uh, six, eight months, Jared Anderson. And I should look this up. I try to stuff so much information into my brain uh, that sometimes things spill out. So I'm sorry, you're always free to correct me, and I know there are lots of mistakes. Sorry. Um, Jared Anderson either went to Scott, Scott Start, or Rogers. I think he's living in the Houston area now, and he is an up-and-coming, I believe, undefeated heavyweight boxer. The heavyweight boxing division hasn't been a big thing in maybe a couple of decades. The uh, big Russian duo, the Klitschko guys, have been dominant for a while, but the last time... It's no longer the heavyweight boxing champion. Uh, like, that was the, what, 80s and 90s with Tyson and Lennox Lewis and Evander Holyfield and Riddick Bowe. But um, Jared Anderson from here in Toledo could be the next, could be a name that resurrects the popularity of heavyweight boxing. That's not the name. I throw his name at you regularly. The other name is Robert Easter. Remember him? Um, he fought on Saturday night for the first time in, well, how long since I... Heard his name? 15 months. I don't know why he took some time off, but I know that um, he got a key to the city. There was a parade here for him. He was a, a big-time champion in one of the smaller, in one of the, uh, the the lighter, not heavyweight, one of the lighter weights of boxing. Um, he was back in the ring and won on Saturday night. I think he may also be undefeated. I'm not sure, again, where he's been, but I know we're known for Pacos and Mud Hens and the Glass City. Um, and we've got the Solheim Cup coming, which is all 100% full go as of right now. Um, keep an eye on what we've got going on for boxing. And that also doesn't, um, those two don't include what's going on with Soul City Boxing and what they do for uh, for, for inner city kids. Uh, kind of like the place a couple of years ago that on the old morning rush we did. God, it's it's gonna it's gonna bother me now. All the amateur boxing competitions have happened over there. It used to be a skating rink. See, it escapes me right now. You'll remind me. But keep an eye out on what's going on here with our boxing scene. You know that I am from Philadelphia. Um, it's my hometown. Uh, I haven't been back since shit uh, December of 2017. After I had started working here, and I was like. Whew, Still have a radio job. I went home for like 10 days and hung out with my dad and my brother and his his crew. 
uh, took the dogs with me and just kind of, that's the longest. Well, I was home for a while in the summer of 15 when my mom passed away. But it's been a while since I've been home. I haven't seen my dad since December of 2019. There was a story in The Blade, um, and the headline is, uh, well, it's different as I'm looking at it now. Roll call. A Philadelphia artist's final salute for fallen officers includes Toledo. His name is Johnny Castro, and uh, he is a Philadelphia police officer, and every January he... uh, has uh, takes down the rows of portraits that he painted during the year. Portraits of fallen officers and fallen first responders. And three area people uh, were painted by uh, Johnny in 2020. Uh, well, Anthony Dia, uh, the Monroe, Michigan animal welfare officer, Darian Young, and then just recently, uh, Officer Brandon Stalker, who was killed on January 18th. So it was kind of neat to read about a, a Philly dude um, connecting and doing some good and giving lasting posterity to people who gave their lives and had their ends of watch. So, and I, uh, I shot, uh, and you can look this up, Johnny Castro Art on Facebook. I messaged him yesterday. I was like, hey, I'm from Northeast Philadelphia. This just happened. Thank you for doing this. Uh, it's immensely important for um for, for all the family members that are affected, but we are a, uh, uh, th- this community as a whole, even though Toledo is a pretty big city, we, uh, we mourned as a whole um, when we lost Officer Dia and Officer Stalker just a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's like, hey, can I, was this a digital article or the paper? I said, I passed along the d- a digital article, but I guess uh, he knew somebody out here to grab him a couple of the newspapers so he could have that for himself. But it's a, a great cause and a great effort and some really great artwork. And again, his name is Johnny Castro, uh, Johnny Castro Art on Facebook, and he is a Philadelphia police officer. Um, Ashley threw this on my radar over the weekend, and she's the same one that told me about the Duncan on Reynolds Conant across from Meyer, which I have now seen, and it has a massive Duncan logo. I don't know if it's open yet, but Ashley told me, uh, somebody somebody passed along to her over the weekend, um, don't take this as 100% conclusive. Could just be a rumor, because this involves people's jobs. So, Airport and Burn, one of the most dangerous intersections in the area, is getting remodeled and reimagined and widened. And if you've ever tried to turn left, follow me here. If you're going towards downtown on airport, left onto burn from airport, you're going to wait a while. If you're going to turn left from burn onto airport, um, towards the Circle K, you're going to wait a while. So hopefully, whatever the reimagining of that intersection is, it will alleviate some of those long turning weights. Um, there could be, it looks like that rallies will go away and Dunkin' Donuts will be on that corner. The first thought was, one, that, well, I had a lot of first thoughts. One, I really needed that when I was doing the morning show here and making that right from airport onto burn every day before 4 a.m. for a long, long time. Like almost 20 months or so. Um, I would have really liked to have Dunkin' Donuts then, even though the Circle K coffee was just good enough and not expensive at all. Two, that's going to create a lot of traffic. Um, Dunkin' Donuts, I mean, it's it, it can be an efficient drive through but that's going to be a lot of traffic, more than rallies. Oh, they're widening it. It'll be fine. And uh, third thought was, 
Thank God it took long enough, considering we're right down the road from Detroit, where there's a Dunkin' Donuts like on every block. Uh, but we are finally seemingly having a boom of Dunkin' Donuts. I hope this isn't some kind of rumor or fairy tale because I- I've told you before, Dunkin' Donuts to me is the best everyday coffee. And I buy my coffee out every day. It's the one thing I'm going to be, I'm going to pay for and be super snobby about. Every time I've tried to make coffee at home, regardless of the brand or the Keurig or whatever, it's just not the same as getting it from the restaurant or store. Um, Sometimes Starbucks is a little too potent. Panera is fine because I'm paying $8.99 for an unlimited monthly subscription. Who else? Tim Hortons. I've actually grown a liking for Tim Hortons. But Dunkin' Donuts is always perfect. The perfect everyday brew for me. Black. Like my heart and my women. So Dunkin' Donuts instead of rallies, airport and burn. What? Uh, two last things, some entertainment things. Daft Punk after nearly three decades, has broken up. I still don't know what those guys look like. Um, always having the robot costumes on, and I say Daft Punk, and you think, get lucky. Maybe you think, one more time, which is one of the great electronic songs of all time. It is a legendary song. But I think back even earlier than that, to like 96, 97, when I really started getting into deeper dance music and wanted to learn how to DJ. And uh, there was a couple of songs that were indelible in my mind back then. One of them was the Sneaker Pimps. I think it was the Armin Van Helden mix of Spin Spin Sugar. There was another one, Praxis. Sugar is Sweet. They all mixed together. And the other one was Daft Punk's Around the World, which is just like seven or eight minutes of Around the World, Around the World, Around the World. Uh, Repetitive, but brilliant electronic music. So... Daft Punk is retiring. Not that that means a whole heck of a lot because I can't think of anything of theirs that I've loved recently, but still a legendary a legendary electronic group is no more. Some things to watch. I don't know if it's on Netflix, but a couple of people have already uh, shouted it out and, and given it some praise. I, Alex will talk about it tomorrow. I care a lot with Rosamund Pike from Gone Girl and some other um, things. She's a fantastic actress, so that's on my radar. Over the weekend, uh, actually yesterday, I blew through uh, the tribes of Europa. A friend of mine the other day posted on my Facebook page that it's from the same production company who did maybe my favorite science fiction show of the last five years, where some people were saying last June's finale is one of the great science fiction endings of all time. Dark. Yes, it's it's English dubs over German or Dutch, but it's that show was brilliant and it, it truly lived up to that reviewer saying one of the great sci-fi endings ever. So I'm like, okay, I'll give this a shot. Philip Koch or Coke, K-O-C-H, got the idea from Brexit. Um, you dive right into the first of six episodes. There is a familiar actor, Oliver Masucci, from Dark, and it's weird. Uh, it is dubbed over until there, until there, there, it's not. There's a couple of scenes I'm like, wait a second. The words are matching up to the mouths. So that was a little weird. Good show. Very Hunger Games-like. And from the first, ep- first half hour, I'm like, this has to be uh, some book series that I've missed over the years. Because you are literally eyeball deep into the robust world of 
Europa and what's going on. And again, the idea is Brexit. I'm not spoiling anything there, but that's where the writer got the idea from. And apparently that's it. I don't think there's any backstory. There are not seven volumes, no seven Potter-esque volumes of lore to dive into. Um, And it's quick. You can get through it in, in one day. And again, Hunger Games, I guess bloodier, little raunchier, a little more violent. Nomadland is out with the brilliant Frances McDormand. Um, In the fall, I was like, okay, I'm into this. And then after what we went through over the last five months, I didn't want to hear about the supposedly downtrodden. We've heard too much. I was like, didn't those people just storm the Capitol? Um, My uh, good friend Justin said, it's more about how uh, society and culture is really hard for older people. I wanted to step back and correct Justin, at least in my opinion. I think that's not society. That's civilization. That's humanity. Um, we either care a great deal for our elderly uh, or not at all. Like There's seemingly no middle ground. And my dad is of that age group right now. There are places that wouldn't want to hire him at his age. So, uh, Justin, after what he told me about it, that it's not about a bunch of insurrectionists claiming the country has let them go after the Great Recession of 2008. Um, I'll give it a watch. It's on Hulu right now and video on demand soon. One more thing. Jessica Biel was in the first season. It was originally on USA, but I don't think we found it until The Sinner hit Netflix. Really good. If you're into that dark psychological crime stuff, um, this is more detective work and psychology than it is policing. Um, If so, I recall. First season was really good. Watched half of the second season, then something else took me away with the third season of The Sinner with Bill Pullman, who is very good at it and seemingly at this point ageless. Uh, That is now on Netflix. So if you have been in a rut like I've been with things to watch, There you go. I just put a lot on your platter. That is it for today's very quick podcast. Um, Eric Chase and the fam will try to round up Janet tomorrow and Alex as well. And remember, um, I I like being an individual. Uh, Be whoever you are. Be eccentric. I encourage you to be different. What's the old uh, shockwave graphic that I post every now and then when I get irritated? You laugh at me for being different. I laugh at you for being all the same. All of you. I cannot tell you apart with that same Carhartt hat on. I get it. It's probably very functional and practical. It's like 8 bucks or 12 bucks. Keeps your head warm, but you're all wearing it. Like you're in some kind of cultish legion or it's, it's a uniform. You can criticize that I wear athleisure all the time. I got no problem with that. But I like to think I at least look different from most people. Hey, I like my individuality. I embrace it. And uh, I encourage you to do the same. Um, Follow yourself, not others.